Welcome to The Last Hit, ladies and gentlemen, for episode number two. That's right, we're back with a bit of a vengeance here today. It is a beautiful, brisk Sunday right after broadcast where we thought we'd sit back down and get amongst it as well. I'm talking like, you know, I'm doing a bit of an audio book here, but again, a big welcome back. My name is Asterix and I'm joined by, I think, some of the greatest names in League of Legends in Dagda and Lyric. I mean, Jesus. how do you beat that? <laughs> yeah. That's right, we've got a coach and we've got the biggest brain I've ever seen returning onto the rift. That's you, I'm by the sorry way. Sorry for you, Jordan. <laughs> no, yeah. You're just a coach. Feels, yeah. feels pretty bad. But, gents, how have you been? Last time we talked was, what, about a week ago or so? And you've been suit shopping, Dagda. I have been. I've been trying to pick up some new stuff. So, I've got a nice green blazer that's on the way. I'm looking forward to picking that up in about a week's time. Hang on. Jordan's giving me We've mean been eyes. talking for the past hour and a <laughs> half. Well, what are you saying? So, I wasn't here for broadcast today. You just came off your five hour venture with. With IG. Yes, I did. And that game one was almost an hour and we had a like 20 minute break. So I'm exhausted. That's okay. <laughs> but you also went suit shopping. I took you personally. You know, you said I haven't talked to you for a week. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's actually true. We've, we've spent a lot of time together. Yeah. I haven't seen you for a week, Dan. I know, yeah. We were on, well, like no, we saw ago. two days ago. I was like, yeah. I obviously you're, have no sense of time. No, no, no. But that's the LPL, right? Because we're doing seven days a week. So yeah. we just end up everything blurring together. I think what people forget is that even though the English broadcast is only on five days, we actually do seven days a week worth of work right we yeah. still sit there and we watch all the games even when we're not on yeah. so and then story meetings and yeah then content meetings and all those sorts we, of we're stuff, gonna so. we definitely gonna do a prep show somewhere in the near future to yeah. see what actually goes in because i know but your one got removed didn't it your one off of twitter did it your one which are oh we're using a little nas x we're not talking DMCA. about the dmcas <laughs> yeah. right now all right that got removed <laughs> that was like the insight do people want to see this and yeah. now it got kicked off so did you have any did you get any no I don't oh, tweet enough. <laughs> and you don't use Old Town Road in, no. your, uh, in your thing as I well. I should, though. But hey, good news for our podcast listeners, because at the moment, we're currently not only on YouTube, but we're also going out to Spotify and Anchor, uh, which you'll see the links down below if you are watching from the YouTube. So kind of exciting that we're on Spotify. I haven't used the app in a while because, you know, all my music comes from... Uh, from YouTube at the moment, but <laughs> a bit of a you're a, part of the problem. A bit That's of a cheap fella, I will say, but uh, but yeah, it's good. It's good to be expanding a little bit. And here in the LPL, I will say that expanding your horizons is an important thing because at the moment, LPL's kind of in this wacky place, right? Like our standings are where no one would think they would be at the start of the season. I mean. You've got V5 sitting joint second. Like, <laughs> like three and one. I don't want to say I told you guys so, but I knew it all along. So everyone out there, take a sip. Drink. Did you, <laughs> act, did you actually, though? Did you, Like at the start of the season, recite look, your words. Look, I don't want to talk a lot about V5. We talked a lot about V5 last week. Okay. I knew it all along. But what's interesting to me up there is the fact that IG are back where they belong. Three and one, tied for second. I mean, they look decent. They well, they didn't look decent. They looked like they were still IG and rookie. Okay. Just put everyone on their back and carry. I was about to say, yeah. I'm like, yeah, game one is a very different story for IG, right? Yeah. But they did look decent in game two and three against EDG as we're just coming off here on the Sunday. I think the most important thing for fans to note, if they haven't been watching the LPL, it's what you guys say at the start of every broadcast, which is JDG, names like FPX. Uh, who else are we talking about? Like even BLG, who we thought could rise to the top. They're still sitting towards the bottom of the table. Yeah, JD really surprised me. I expected these guys to come in looking good after spring, and uh, I kind of looked at MSC. I was like, okay, these guys look a bit shaky, but obviously they're just coming off of some steak and wine after their victory from spring, and <laughs> maybe much. coming into summer, they'll be fine, but yeah, I, actually, I don't know what's happened. Coming into summer, I expected them to do worse. I don't think their individual talent, like skill ceiling, is high enough, mm -hmm. but I don't think anyone expected them to look bad. I mean, I put them in, in, in individuality. I put them pretty high in their roles. Like I thought, Zoom was the best top laner coming out of spring, but not MSC. I'd say top in jungle. You can look, you know, say, okay, these guys are Zoom top two, Kanavi mm. top two, top three. I think when you get to the other roles, it's a bit more not bad, but middling. I think it's a bit unfair because we were looking at Lumel, who was like, we really liked, especially when he got his hands on the bar. He I mean, that ulti, yeah. Yeah. To me, Lumel is yeah. the type of player who did good because a lot of teams and players were like kind of coming into their own in spring i'd still put him you know top top six top seven but to me he's not top two or three right so that's where i'd say their talent their talent yeah. isn't something i'd expect them to get back to finals i agree with the the sentiment on the two carries though because for me the whole reason Kanabi works in this roster right is because the two carries kind of half do their job so yep. Kanabi fills that hole uh, i think the big difference when i look at jd though is that they're not playing towards Kanabi anymore 
where they used to go, you'd literally have you get gifting over kills. <laughs> the meta's now, perfect like, for it. Exactly, yeah. which is hilarious that like he just gets nothing anymore. I mean, I know we were just kind of looking at the standings and, and getting our feel for it. I, I, just before we move forward into today's discussion, because we are going to be jumping pretty deep into LGD today, which is something I've been excited about personally. What's your biggest surprise so far? Because we're running into week four, going into week five after that. That'll be the halfway point. What has been your biggest surprise so far in spring? Oh, sorry, summer. Wow, i got to move move into the future a bit. <laughs> uh, there's been a couple for me. I mean, we've kind of touched on a few, like V5, RNG as well. Um, there's a couple of teams that have really surprised me, but I think OMG just looking absolutely atrocious oh, God, has been do. the most upsetting for me because I actually really liked watching this team. Mm. I think, and I kind of harped on it about it in the cast, was back in spring, if these guys got a small lead, they would run away they with They had it. no and roster changes, be, and yeah. they, they look worse than they did in spring. That's another weird thing to where I expected them to kind of like plateau but the fact that they look bad they look yeah. worse is like the thing that's confusing but since we're only gonna touch on it real quick another team i want to mention mm. is lng because we all thought lng would be bottom two yeah and right we're still early on in the split but the fact that they've already picked up two series wins is massive maple actually looks you know like a competent decent mid laner comparable to his flash wolves days which blows my mind and it's not only that they picked up wins it's fpx that they picked up a win against and orange and, and just like what the hell and rng that yeah. look like they RNG could be top three again. three and one right now yeah, yeah. they are their <laughs> one loss. The only loss yeah and it was a two zero yeah. just to add insult to injury so i think it's pretty impressive that lng have come from where they come from uh, again we are getting towards the middle of the split so i think it is important that we realign the the viewers and the listeners at home with what's going on because it is hard to keep up in the lpl and with another topic that's important for them, if they're not watching the LPL, they'll be surprised to hear that LGD are back from the dead, right? Like, this is the LGD redemption arc. And so we have a lot to talk about here because I know there's mixed opinions. I also know that the LGD fans have believed before and gotten burnt. And that's not good. So let's start because LGD in 2020 spring to 2020 summer, the roster changes that came through, like we now have Shie there. We've now got Lung Xing, who was from RNG. Some big moves, Mark as well from DMO. What stands out with the biggest change from 2020 spring to now? So before we talk about changes, mm. I at least want to break down my impressions from spring okay. where, right, they had, they had Yuki, they had Lies and... Chance. Not Chance. Chance was support, but so they had Killua. Yeah. Who's their other top laner? Uh, it's another it starts with C as well. Chance and um, Colt. 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 Yeah, they had Colt in the top lane as well. So their like individual skill wasn't exactly there. Yeah. But I actually think towards the end when they brought in Killua, their like macro and setup was pretty on point. Even against teams like FPX, we would just see them fail to execute dives, fail to execute ganks, get outplayed, get to the team fight, and all just fall apart. So to me, that was their big issue in spring. But coming together in summer, they definitely made a lot of upgrades to individual skill. But it's kind of strange that we've seen that decision making falling apart. But as someone who believes that they are top four, I'll let Dag to take this over. Hey, well, look, I go. do agree that the decision making has been a bit strange. Where right? you'll have them like burn a teleport or some big ultimate right before you see a dragon spawn, or you know they could try and make a play elsewhere. And it's just like, okay, well we've made this pick. We've invested Shia's teleport and Longxing's teleport, and now we don't really get anything for it. So I think for a lot of it, that decision making is still a bit messy and we saw top esports punish that pretty effectively and at least in game number one of that series mm. but i think the if they can get that sorted their coordination and team fights looks really really strong and relying on that mechanical skill i will say in the past what's been really big for me with teams like this is like putting the pieces together takes time and i think being lenient in how synergy works within the lpl it's something that's super underrated we know that like Synergy, I guess with a team like Vici you could put in there. With new teams coming together, it is about how those players work within the roster. And you've had key players who've been key players on other teams joining. I do want to kind of go off that though and say, coming from coaching, I feel like at least the way we think about Synergy is kind of overrated in the sense that Really? I don't feel like Synergy... Like, let's say your starting point is, I think Shia said in an interview, they feel like they're at 30%. Yeah. I don't feel like playing like longer with more time can take you from like a 30% to an 80%. I feel like you get small small gains. It's incremental gains. Like, you can go from a 30 to a 35 or 40. Right. I feel like a lot of Synergy is natural in the sense of when you see players come together whose like natural styles of communicating work well. So you'll have, let's say, a dominant voice in the bot lane, and naturally your mid and top laners are less communicative. So then you like, see the system work where the jungler plays more for bot and it translates well. So I'm not as sold in that aspect improving, mm. but one question I have is language. Because especially looking towards Mark, who I think has kind of been struggling on this team a bit, 
he's never played with a roster where they have, you know, Koreans and foreigners. So him and Kramer don't always look like they're on the same page, same as him and Peanut. And I think that's something that can be improved to time. It's kind of crazy. Just a, a note to the viewers who don't know who Mark is. Came from Sino Dragon, you know, came up when they promoted through the LPL. When they made their first split, Gala and Mark were the bottom lane that had played together for a long time. So he hasn't stepped out of his shell. And that's, I guess, the forgiving part for me. If Mark looks like a weakness in this roster, okay. Bit more time. Maybe that changes. I, I do like that you bring up the conversation of synergy, Dagda. Yeah, I think the, the when I look at LGD, the issue, I think a little bit of synergy when it comes to Kramer Mark, yes. But I think the bigger thing is, like, in team fights, these guys do look really, really strong. And, I mean, they're taking on top esports, a super potent team fighting squad. You've got a lot that's going on when they get to... The way the engages happen, even like we've got Shia on the Twisted Fate play that's going to stick out in a lot of people's minds is yeah. how we kind of corral teams into finding the fight for LGD. The bigger thing for me is just that they're missing. It's like, for me, it's like top esports without Jackie Love. You've got this super squad that can really do amazing if they've got a voice that can actually guide them. And I think that's the big thing that's missing on LGD right now, which is surprising because of the veterancy that's there. Mm. But I think there is an issue where, as we said, moving around with these TPs, not figuring out how they want to try and approach objectives or even how they should be trying to play around certain compositions, I think is lacking. So I think they do need a voice there, someone to step in and go, okay, lads, let's get our stuff together here. I like that you highlight compositions because I also feel like they play a lot of like simple compositions are very like systematic. Like you can expect Longxing typically to be on a, a frontline champion. Yeah, yeah. Something usually tanky. We have seen him kind of go towards the Hecarim and things like this a little bit, but not really. Mark as well, you expect him on the Nautilus or the Leona or something. Crash, another yeah. exactly another engage oriented champion. So they always have a good formation for teammates. They all team fights they always have a frontline and a backline. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why they are successful. And I do still expect them to be a playoff team, even if I'm not on the, the top or hype train quite yet, is in LPL, keeping your identity simple is definitely the way to go. I, I agree. And I think a lot of teams have overthought, you know, their position in the LPL, and that's kind of burnt them uh, back a little bit. I like that you talk a little bit about compositions and how LGD builds themselves. Before we go to that, and while we are reminiscing on what LGD have become versus what they were, I just want to throw back to 2019 with Kramer coming in over to the LPL for the first time. 2020 spring, where it still was like, okay, a bit about Kramer, but... How does this team develop otherwise? I think Kramer's still, for me, uh, I'll get your opinion on this, a great AD carry that can still keep going up. I agree. I think the biggest thing for him, though, is that he keeps getting caught out. Like, if you bit. literally <laughs> take that only, only that part out of his play, he becomes instantly so much better for me, where he's like, okay, I know where I need to be. Yeah. I'm not getting hooked, like, three seconds before You said this fight. really well in cast. You said it caught out in transition. Yeah. It's not like the move is bad. It's the timing and yeah. how It's, how it's not even vision. exactly the timing. It's, like, usually just the path he takes to <laughs> right, where he yeah. wants to go is just a bit selfish to where, let's say he's, like, walking from bot to, to mid, he's going to walk through river rather than, like, walking around the back of Dragon yeah. Pit or something, you know? But uh, for me, he looked shaky at the beginning of spring, which probably comes with the fact that he was playing with Chance, Chance having no experience. In lane, they looked bad. In team fights, he wasn't doing well. But then towards the end of the split, I think you can make a fair argument that he was top three, top four yeah. AD carry. And this split, I definitely say the same. It's a bit harder to see because I feel like him, Shie, and Peanut are all playing super well mm. to where obviously it's harder to shine when you also have Shie doing those beautiful flash Cassiopeia ultimates yeah. that are like hitting everyone but oh, I think Kramer's sick. been doing super well and so his Ezra looked really really strong I loved yeah. watching Kramer on that Ezreal I think <laughs> the the well especially in that top esports I thought of it sad for him because in the top esports game one dude that him trying to catch them was combo. Just like, yeah it was disgusting but he couldn't do anything yeah it was like okay cool well i'm the only one that can actually catch people here to deal damage and i've got to get through 16 different shields that are stacking dude. and renewing and then if i finally get through when it's like oh yeah seven i just want to say that game also goes back to their shot calling issues though yes. because they should have won that game yeah i also liked their draft a bit more i feel like tops was harder to execute and we saw that in the early games where just were not playing around it the right way it took them like 30 minutes to be like hey wait we don't commit we run away they can do nothing but yeah 
LGD should have been able to snowball that game. But I agree, nothing Kramer would have been able to do. And I think that's the big thing that we're kind of going towards. I think that's the, the perfect game to show the flaws with LGD. Mm. Is just the, okay, we're winning. And then suddenly they're caught with their pants down like three different times as top esports run around the map. They're taking towers. They realize, okay, well, LGD have overcommitted with some of their abilities or summoner spells. And we can just now take these. You can see LGD aren't getting their waves in order. So then they can actually try and make plays or at least have advantages elsewhere. It was always top esports just winning on the map. And then when it came to fights, they just never had to do anything. I still want to point out that even individually, even mechanically, I don't feel like this team is top four. I feel like I, I f like... TS, IG, even teams like FPX, RNG, mm. JDG in form, I feel like should be a comparable level to LGD. I guess I guess I see like LGD rising to top four, like where you've mm. aligned them, Dagda, when I see what JDG and FPX are doing at the moment, which, you know, a later conversation. But uh, while we are talking about individuals, while we are looking at that bottom lane, I have a question. Mark steps up, Mark gets to a point of, um, consistency alongside Kramer and Kramer keeps up his level. Does that bottom lane then suddenly turn heads for the rest of you, for you especially, Lyric, towards the style of LGD or the quality, the level? Is it the bottom lane that controls this game well, for LGD? Yeah, I think so. So the, my okay. two, the two people that I feel like aren't exactly there for LGD are Mark and Longxing. And Longxing definitely looks better on this team than he did on, L on RNG, but... He's still not a, a top four top laner, right? Because he's been beaten down by the RNG fam. <laughs> it doesn't matter oh because God. he's literally had to pull himself up and be like, I am actually a good top laner. The thing I like is he still knows his role on this team. He still yeah. knows like, hey, I'm going to play this engage tank. I would assume he has some uh, part of that communication since their engages do look better than the one game they used Garvey, though. You know, yeah. I, I feel like... <laughs> they kind of did Garvey dirty. He only got one, one chance. And, and that game wasn't even his fault. It was no. like level one shenanigans. But yeah, so he's not exactly there. And then Mark, I feel like looked much better last year than he has this year at all. On DMO, it makes sense. But yeah. on this LGD team, there are times where he engages alone and gets bursted out. There are times where he's walking, looking for wards alone and gets bursted out in team fights where he's just not on the same page. So if he steps up, I'm fine with Longshing top. I think this team's skill ceiling it's pretty good. Because those are two key players. If you're talking about Lungshing and Mark, okay. So the rest of the team, you're happy with the performance at the moment. Because I was going to transition to Peanut and what your expectations were versus what he is now. Hey, the thing for me with Peanut on the squad is that I he has so many lanes that he can play around. So you got bot lane already that we talked about. I mean, getting Kramer ahead is great. We can see him play towards Xie and more so because Xie is playing a bit of facilitator champions i want to say with like the twisted fade yep. and these kind of things where he can set up well for a gank from peanuts and even then if you want to go towards longshing in the top lane because we've already seen peanut has played in some games towards that i think you've now got the opportunity for peanut if he wants to go for these graves and kindreds and this yep. kind of stuff he can really go and take over a game so i think this is a team where peanut can flourish but I haven't really seen him go towards what I expected him to, which was the carry-oriented jungles. He's still going back towards these Lee Sins and more of a, okay, well, I'm going to control the early game and yeah. not actually be the carry on this I team. will say Peanut's Lee Sin, though, a joy to see, oh, yeah, but yeah. after years yeah. of watching it, right? Yeah. I, I want to take this a step further back with Peanut and be like, you know, when everyone came in in spring, and uh, especially you, Hysterics, oh, coming no. in and being like, man, Peanut's not that good. Peanut's overrated. I'm L sorry. Look at Peanut last year, and I'm like, no. Like, go analyze his games. This guy's amazing. His team is just not good. And he's performed amazingly. In spring, he was top four jungle for sure. Yeah. He was the one bright spot on this. He was, yeah. it was kind of like rookie with IG, but True. in a very less, like, a, a role with less agency, not able to carry as much. My favorite memory of this is uh, when Peanut got as a lease, ganked mid for Yuki. I think Yuki was on Aurelia. But basically, Peanut like lands the cocoon, gets his burst damage off, and the enemy mid laner's on like about a quarter of HP. Mm. And eventually, Yuki goes, Oh, yeah, I should get involved in this. <laughs> and it's already, everything's been blown. Peanut's gone. And it's just like, Oh, now I'm getting into range. He misses the stun, and the enemy laner just walks out. I'm just yeah. sitting there, I'm like, this has Peanut got to be Elo hell, so <laughs> painful as a jungler. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Peanut, amazing. And going back to what Rob just said is, I like that they can play around any lane. It definitely feels like this team is more mid-bot centric, which even on DMO, you could see Shia wanted someone to play around yes. him with the champions he plays and the way he plays. But the fact that he can gank top and he has done it a few times definitely gives like a, 
a catch-22 to where they can try to draft something strong topside or even just like a Wukong, which is still a top lane you can leave on an island, but obviously has kill pressure and it'll look great. And on that, I think Longxing has looked great on the Wukong. And the thing for me is, because you're kind of saying about his engages, I actually think when he's had teleport up, which is the big problem, is that he doesn't always have it up. But when he's had it up, his TP flanks have been really, really good. And he's been able to get into some really strong positions against teams. But the problem is, of course, as we talked about, that he doesn't always have them available. So I feel like as long as they start to figure out, okay, we want to go and fight in three minutes time, two minutes time. Let's hang on to some of these big cooldowns. I think they'll work out a lot better because I definitely agree when it comes to him just trying to be a frontline, it's been a little bit messy sometimes with yep. engages, but when he's able to find these TP wards or flanks, his, his position has been so strong and even setting up really well for one of the fights I remember coming in as Wukong. Kramer's on his Ezreal. He gets straight into the back line. Uh, Kramer yeah. gets unleashed into the back and it's, it's just like, you can't do anything And Kramer that. actually has a team to work with now is exactly. the important part. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Lies. I don't know about you guys uh lies on the side of lgd yes smiling <laughs> yeah. lyric he's just been around for so long right <laughs> but he's, he's one been of those players so he long. blends it you gotta say lies does blend into the background mm. i think a little bit more than yuki did yuki had his moments but like lies felt to me like oh but he's good cannon lies lies but... is just a much worse long shing, right yeah. you're gonna put him on a tank he's gonna do his best and it was enough to pick up some wins, but it's not enough if you actually want to compete for one of these world slots. So I have a big, uh, another big question following up. When we talk about the individuality of Peanut and how he kind of leads his team through performance, uh, do you guys have an idea, or, or like if you had to have your best guess, who is actually leading this team in comps? Now, I know we don't. this is like a loaded question in a way, but I'm super curious if you just had a, a guess, like a meander to throw out, where would you send it? Where, where do you actually think this team's being led from? I, I'll say that I don't feel like they have a straight-up shot caller yeah. from the way they play. My guess is Peanut probably dictates what he wants to do early. Yeah. And then I, my guess in mid to late game is probably a combination of Longxing and Kramer. Because of the way I've seen them teamfight, they look very, very, very reliant on how Longxing wants to play. Uh, okay. But at the same time... There are a lot of instances where they are pretty much playing perfectly around Kramer and what he wants to do. So if he didn't have some kind of voice, which probably isn't some in-depth shot calling on us, he's probably just saying like, hey guys, look at me, look at me, look at me. But yeah. I could see that. It's a big question for me because now that I see LGD in summer, I think there are changed expectations from what we first started off. Uh, I remember I put them fifth. Again, Dagda, you put them fourth yeah. in the rankings. I had them eighth, I think. Which That's still, as you one. said, in playoffs. I mean, I, I kept going between fifth and eighth, so yeah. they were in playoffs for sure. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing for me and why I had them so highly rated is just that when I look at this team, I think they're going to be consistent. Yeah. Like, I know when I'm getting with Longxing, I know when I'm getting with Xie, Pinus, okay, he's a little bit more of a mixed bag, but still has super high highs. Kramer, I still know, and Mark, I kind of know what I'm getting as well. And that's the, when I look at IG and how messy they've been in some of their games, you don't know who you're going to get. It's hard for Emma, me to... Yeah. yeah I do want to see... I now can see the difference in our criteria to where actually, when you use the word consistent and I made the... I said they're com comparable to JDG. They kind of are like JDG in the sense that like the amount of stars and like supportive type players yeah. I see on their team, like th yeah. their skill ceiling to where you rate that consistency yeah. to where me, I look at a team like IG, I'm like... But that skill ceiling. Yeah. So, because for high. me, it's it's the long haul, all right? So, I mean, I'm looking at FPX who've dropped games to LNG. I'm looking mm. at JDG who aren't looking good. But, like, when I look at LGD, it is just this engine that's going to keep trucking along, picking up these wins against teams that you expect them to do. And we saw at the end of spring just how important those expected wins ended up being. Yeah. So, that's why I think LGD are going to be able to push it up there. And when they're able to pick up wins against some of these higher ranked teams now, I think it's going to really matter. And I think further to that point as well, the performance against top esports even though it was a 0-2 you know in top esports favor it was still that that game one that that pushed against top esports the game two as well that showed something against what is called the best top i do want to say team. though actually i kind of see them going on a similar trajectory to e-star not in the you same way but that's still playoffs man that's still yeah, round but that's one why they're in my playoffs right it's been so long but at the, it has but <laughs> i don't think it'll be the same to where they necessarily get like figured out and they're one-dimensional but I don't expect FPX and JDG and, like, let's say if RNG starts having troubles like losing to RNG, mm. I just don't expect this to be where they're at at the end of the split. Like, this is the time to take it easy, especially in the LPL with how many games you play and how long yeah. the split is. Like, 
you need to kind of slowly work your way into a groove. I think players like Soaz, Xpeke have always said that, like, hey, you can't just burn yourself out at the beginning. And I'm scared LGD are going to show kind of everything early on. We get to first round of playoffs. They do play a hard team. Like, let's say they play an RNG or an IG, and it's like, well, this is a team with a higher skill ceiling that's in form. Well, I kind of disagree, because I think if we look at the way they're playing right now, right, we've got, as we said, these super super simple comps with front-to-back team fighting. I think we still haven't seen a huge amount from Peanut, where we can just fall back and see him go for these carry-style junglers. I think we can look towards Longxing as well, as you said, who can potentially bring out some of these more top carry-orientated champions. And I think there is still other avenues that these guys can look towards. Even we've seen Xie go towards Kassadin, just this hyper late-game scaling. I think there are other avenues. They just haven't really gone and looked at them yet. Mm -hmm. But I do agree. I think I'd like to see them now start looking at them so then we can kind of go okay well if we get to the later stages they've actually practiced and we've seen these compositions on stage so we know yeah this this is something they can bring to the table like if they can shore up their decision making and if they do add a new dimension the one I'd like to see is kind of similar to what you said earlier I'd love to see them not only put peanut on carries but it's much different putting a jungle on a carry and playing the JDG Esque of playing for your jungle matchup. Because yeah. I would love to see like LGD play for Peanut stealing buffs and playing for neutral camps. Because that'd be really exciting, and not many teams in LPL do that. A player like Peanut, right? That's that's the exciting part. Uh, we're getting towards the end of our uh, LGD deep dive. Before we finish off, I now want your expectations towards the middle of the split. Because again, power rankings eighth, fourth, uh, and I put them fifth. We're looking at an LGD that have already shown flares. I think Lyric, you've been uh, like more critical towards them, and that's completely fine. What is the highest high you can see them getting in towards summer, especially as we head towards playoffs in the middle of the split? Where would you now reevaluate LGD with what you've seen as their, uh, let's say, their placement at the end of the regular season? I know it's so far in the wait, future. Wait, wait, wait. So are you asking my expected placement or how high they could get? Give me expected, and let's do how high. I still expect... See, I expect eighth, but again, it's not from... So you haven't changed. Well, because I don't want to base it on recent form. I'm <laughs> I'm still very much a believer in, like, uh, like known previous splits, players, and talents that have been together. That's why that's why I have IG fourth in my power ranking, believe they'll get it together. That's why when I look at FPX losing and struggling, I'm like, well, I don't put a lot of stock in this yet. If they're still struggling in, like, three weeks, it'll matter to me, so... Let me just quickly... Let's use OMG as an example. So then, where did you put OMG for both of you? 10th or 11th or something? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it, OMG for me, like, we're close towards... I think they were 11th as well, actually. Then does recency not matter with a team that's gone 0 and 4? Oh, sorry, 1 and 3. But I already had, like, my premonitions that they wouldn't do well in summer anyway, right? I had them dropping from 8th, 9th to, like, 13th. So... But you're not saying that recency doesn't matter at all, right? You just don't take it into the final equation. Yeah. To me, it depends, right? Because when we're talking about teams like RNG, TS, IG, FPX, teams that have proven that okay. they can like hit those peaks, that's to where I'm saying I'm not going to put a lot of stock in recency. When you're looking at a team that has, let's say, a less than stellar roster, then it's kind of like, okay, well, if this team's bad, they're All probably right. going to be bad. But in the case, they of, don't get the benefit of the doubt. And to in where the case other teams do. LGD, it's like it's been like five long years before you know and, hitting the stage. And I like the players on this team, right? I still have them playoffs. I still kept contemplating putting them fifth. Mm. So that's where, if eight's my expected, I would even say fourth is my kind of like the where peak. where I can see them getting. But yeah, I, I want to see more from them. The top esports series was nice, mm. but if they can do that against other top teams and actually pick up wins, if they beat RNG, if they beat IG, which, you know, is actually coming up soon, yeah. then uh, then I'll start to get on this hype trade. All right. Dagda, yeah. fourth was your expected. Has that yeah. changed at all? Is that I up think or it's down? still staying there. Right. Um, I think it's not only the fact, the way I look at LGD and I still think consistency, it's like JDG really not looking good, FPX not looking good. And I think even when we talk about, okay, well, Whatever about picking up the wins as you go on, We're opposites, you've lost. <laughs> they've lost some. <laughs> really like are. they've lost some uh, super important. I think anyway, important games where you're looking at. Okay, you've now lost to LNG, which you should have been a win in the bag. Mm. And when we look at how close our top of the table was, where it literally came down to the last game of the spring split, decided our second, third, fourth, and fifth place. True. That is stupid so the fact that you have now lost these games in the early season whatever you want to say about it it is going to matter at the end of the split yeah so can you just reiterate lgd Wait, where 
fourth. Your no, top, no. Your tip, I, your top. I, want, I want to hear your your, your tip of the top. Oh, the peak is it first? Uh, it's world finals second to V five. <laughs> okay, so second first. to V five. Second to V five. Yeah, oh, no. that's right. V five LGD finals. Let's go, but, um, No, I think, I think maybe third, maybe. That's kind of as high as look. I think top esports is gone in a way. Who's the, the who's the other one then? Yeah, that's well, what that's I what I, that's where I'm not certain because I think <laughs> there's still a toss up between like FPX, RNG looking back on form is a super scary team right now. I think there's a lot there that you can kind of look at, but I think IG for me, I just can't look at this team as good as they are individually and as hard carry as rookie is. I can't look at this team and Wait, go, hey, I expect but, them to. But so, but you do at least agree with the fact that there are other teams that you still hesitate saying they're a guaranteed second peak because their ceiling is higher. You're saying that about RNG and FPX, right? I'm saying about top and I would say it about yeah, FPX I think is the only one that I can probably give that to. Yeah. I mean, that's still fair. I'm yeah. just kind of yeah. curious. Yeah. I mean, I it, felt like I was walking into a trap from a used car salesman. From a used car salesman. I was like, look, Bang's top. It's like, this guy's still good to go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pe pe the people fall. might think we have these conversations like off cast, but I, this is actually generally my first time yeah. hearing your opinion. Mm. So, And it's fun because, like, uh, again, the LPL is so. It's so not standardized. It's it's one game, as you said before. It's like that final series of the split, or because we've come to many back-to-back -back splits now, where the final day has decided either the last seed in playoffs or like standings within the top eight. So I'm expecting, you know, LGD again, you know, to at least hit a high Listen, mark. I don't want to hear any talk of FPX or anyone JDG potential. Okay, JDG right. maybe maybe get <laughs> you will see. FPX We're are early. making playoffs guaranteed. All right, oh, well, yeah. look yeah. to finish off the LGD segment. It's exciting to have this conversation. If they do well, I know we'll revisit this down the track because this is a team that. You know, the, the players are well known. We get excited for and for LGD, their commitment to the league. We'll see how far they go. But uh, moving forward here, because we have to do our standardized stuff. Ooh. And as we've established before, Dagda, you're the positive one. And Lyric, <laughs> I made the negative one. As uh, I don't know, I, I assign myself okay. very much to Lyric. I'm not a positive person. Let's start with the happiness, though, because your dunk of this week, sir, what is it? Is RNG. I've been hey. super impressed with RNG. They've really been picking up the slack, um, especially in those first 15 minutes, which is where, at least in spring, when they were looking good, they found their victories. I mean, you look at um, Xiaohu, and I, like, I was looking at stats because I'm casting them tomorrow, mm. like, um, or maybe the next day, whatever it is. Um, Xiaohu's like first when it or well super high when it comes to i think he's second in terms of kills and assists it before the first 15 minutes he's got like a eight point something kda yeah. like that's insane and when he's working so well with xiaolong bao like i really think that the the sky's the limit now for this squad if they can keep it going finally right lyric what are your yeah. thoughts on a current listen, rng listen 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 i am the <laughs> ultimate xiaohu apologist uh. and remember in spring to where i kept telling you guys i told you guys until like the very end of regular yeah. season this team is still gonna make its final didn't exactly happen, but I've just seen Xiaohu play so well so many times. Someone who especially watched last year in summer a lot, yeah. watching you guys over from Brazil, and seeing how him and Carsa were for a long time, I was thinking, man, this is the best mid-jungle 2v2. Like Absolutely. I don't care what people are saying about Night Next X, you know, until they played them and they got crushed. But yeah. uh <laughs> his highs are just so nice. I love the way he sees League of Legends. To me, he is the best push and move mid laner, which might surprise people when you have people like Duinbi and, you know, now Teachamal rising up. But yeah. it feels like to where sometimes, like, a Duinbi play to me won't make sense. Everything Xiaohu does is like, oh my god, you know, that plays super good. Like, yeah. like, you even set your wave up in a great place. Your jungle's winning out on so much. Your bot lane gets so much off this. It's great to see. So I'll always believe in the highs that Xiaohu has. And we've talked about it. I'm a potential guy. So yeah. he has the potential. Xiaoling Bao's great. I'm a big Betty fan. I still remember, I think it was 2018 MSI where... I mean, he's come from your league. You, you were coaching at the time, right? Yeah, and he, he, was, he, was, <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the best 80 carries at whatever his second MSI was. Cause he's been to a couple, obviously, flash yeah. and everything. Big but boy. he has a ton of potential. I think fans that kind of are down on him... It doesn't make sense, but I guess he is an it, Uzi shadow. It does yeah. feel like based off the Uzi, you know, like Uzi leaving the team, it's like, well, Betty's the replacement, even though he's really not that bad of an 80 You know the surprising thing, just real quick, is I hear from asking the Chinese side, the Chinese fans are actually completely fine with him. Oh, like, really? they actually don't give him any troubles. Yeah. It's actually just the Western fans. I agree. Oh, I have no problem with Betty. I think he's good, but it's like, who do you get to replace Uzi? 
That's right. No Anyone one. who goes in there if is you, just going Jackie to Love. Like Jackie yeah. Love would be the only acceptable answer. And even then, people would say, where's Uzi? Yeah. Why is Jackie Love playing, mm. right? Even when he is retired. Because that's yeah. the thing. I've noticed that our Twitch chat's always like, Uzi, where's Uzi? Yeah. Uzi retired? What? And it's like, well, yeah, unfortunately. Bring in double lift. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be worse than Betty, to be quite honest. But yeah, I think Betty's no been doing really well. Um, I think Shellong Bao as well, for me, has really stepped up. I was hyper critical of this dude in uh, spring, and then oh, coming into were. summer, he's been doing a really, really good job. I, I agree, actually, to where a lot of people are just solely pointing the blame at Shahu in spring. I'm like, guys, like, watch how this guy's pathing in some of these games. Yeah. He's pretty much single-handedly giving up RNG you know, leads. But to be fair, everyone in spring was... It didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Their form was weird. But another player we haven't talked about at all is new. Thank because you. this guy just showed up pretty much out of nowhere. <laughs> Came from LDL after having a terrible last time around in LPL. And even in lane, he's so good. He's almost yeah. never falling behind. He's improved a lot. If you go back to 2018 VODs of Vici mm -hmm. Gaming when he was known as Meow, like, you're like, well, this that's is a very different player. He changes I agree. Uh, I should have just kept Meow that, so that, that, That's a big <laughs> loss. But, uh... <laughs> Even looking back, though, right, like, you can't judge players on those old Vici and OMG teams that have come over because it's like, yeah. those teams were struggling. They were revolving to our players. They're yesterday's news. Now, this guy's a team around him. Looks great in lane. Looks great in team fights. And I'm really excited, but he should have kept the name out. Yeah, I agree with the name. Yeah, I think that's very important. That's the criticism yeah. for RNG. <laughs> yeah. We've already gotten to the negative part, and I haven't even introduced it. But it's <laughs> nice to see RNG in the spotlight for once when, again, considering how critical we were towards the end of spring for a team that in the past has made many finals, has, you know, picked up a championship, has made worlds many times, uh, times as well. That was a very disappointing start to the year. I think as well, I want to go back to kind of two things we touched on is um, Shaolong Wei's pathing has really impressed me. There was one mm. game where I was watching um, where he ends up getting pushed out of the jungle. He's like, right, okay, he's uh, driving against the Trundle. He understands, look, Trundle is going to go past towards topside. So he ganks mid, gets the kill mid and surprises um, I think it was OMG. I think it was Icon he surprised because Icon was like, well, I'm going to play top side of the lane because my jungler's here. So he gets the kill on Icon and then just walks straight bot lane and gets a double kill there as well. I was like, this is just super so smart. So much It was against OMG. Yeah, it was against OMG. I was yeah. like, this is really, really smart to understand, hey, look, I can hold this wall, avoid the trundle and then yeah. go and make this big play and then just set RNG ahead. And then in that game as well, um, the like split second decision making that it, that RNG have I'm assuming it's from Xiaohu because he's the one that orchestrated the play is super impressive where he there's a whole bunch of different factors of back timings item purchases where people are positioned mm. and they're able to just read all this in a matter of moments collapse on everyone and set up this play that literally won the game for them of, of whatever it was 12 minutes into the game it's, I was like this is incredible it's really exciting to see that Shaolong Bao is returning to the I guess Demacia Cup form at the start of the year where it was the final against ADG and starting the split Shaolong Bao like oh it's another Young Miracles jungler then he got done dirty when of course Wei started playing better who got benched for him in the LDL if you don't know that uh, go look up on Gampedia with the uh, uh, LDL and the transition from Young Miracles there. For the junglers, positivity aside, it's lyrics <laughs> done. Who made it into the, the bad list? You know, there was quite a few options, but Rogue Warriors at the end of the no. day are the biggest disappointment for me in the sense that I love this team in Sprig. Yep. They were yeah. the most fun team to watch. They were doing so many crazy shenanigans and they were awesome. But you come in now and... Again, as a coach, it, it, it kills me to see them not decide on a roster they want to stick with in summer. They're swapping soul laners every game where Crazy and Holder are the same player. They yep. play the same champions. Yep. They, they are pretty much the same amount of skill in terms of laning phase and things like this. Mid, Ruby and Wu Ming actually were different. Ruby is this control mage player, the Azirs, the Rises, LeBlanc, but... I'd say he has Syndra now as well. Syndra. He's got two. <laughs> yeah. He's got two whole champions. Wooming <laughs> was more of a, a Zoe player, but also plays a lot of assassins. He's yeah. a Yasuo main, so I'm like, cool. We have two different directions. But when Wooming plays, they just put him on a Zier, and I'm like, so what's the point of this? And then you look towards jungle, and it's like, I can kind of understand why they want to get away from Haro, because he is a bit messy, a bit aggressive. But it, but it fit the style so well of well, Rogue Warriors. It defined the style yes. was the thing. And you look at them trying to bring in Yodong, and it's like, okay, they're trying to get more consistency. They're trying to find a stable play style. It's not working. And man, Lei is horrible. Even in today's games, game one, he was playing so bad, was on the set dying over yeah. and over and over. And it breaks my heart because I love this what, team. What was the series that we were doing that kind of ran us into the wall where Lei was on Leona? Do you remember? It was top esports. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, just was, kept walking the wrong path. It was literally like, 
And he did it four times in a row. You thought, when's he going to learn? Maybe the fifth time that the game ended before he could they do it brush, once more. They check the brushes right before, and then he walks up to the brush where all the members of Top Esports yeah. are. You're just like, dude, <laughs> please stop. My heart can't take this. All right, all right. We're going to move forward before we go into full tilt zone. So Rogue Warriors make it there. The uh, the dud of the week, I like this as well, because Rogue Warriors, I was pumped. I'm sure you were pumped as well, Dagda. Uh, they were a team that were full-on bloody but we haven't gotten the excitement just yet from Rogue Rose. We'll move forward because we have to look at our match highlights. Uh, we are getting towards the end of the show. The most important part here for the audience, though, is highlighting a couple of matches that they should be tuning in for next week. And we're going to start with one that is not going to be on the English broadcast, but a big one in the past that's been exciting with FPX and IG going up against each other on Thursday, the 25th of June. So in a couple of days' time for you folks there watching this now. And I have to say, FPX IG, like... Very different feelings as in previous years where FPX were known as like undisputably the best team in the LPL and IG were, you know, the clean runners of 2020 spring. I just want to point out that in 2018, IG dominated both regular seasons like 18 to 1. Yeah. And then 2019, the complete reverse, FPX. FPX. Yeah. And then we look at the third place match of last spring and FPX completely dominated, but... They're not looking the I, same. I'm Dagger. pretty sure, not just to interject, that the only loss of it was either summer or spring in 2019 was from Invictus Gaming. Too, it was. It was summer. That it series, was summer. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of exciting, right? Yeah, I know. But I mean, looking at FPX, they look so different from what we've seen in the past from them with Khan on these big L split pushers like the Kaos, the Quins, and this kind of stuff. So I'm really expecting to see FPX try and figure out how this new style works because I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm understanding that, hey, because doing be kept roaming bot lane, LWX was able to patch all the holes in his play because mm. he's been exposed big time now alongside Crisp where Crisp can still have these moments with unbelievable thresh plays. But when I'm looking at LWX, I don't see a player at least of the caliber that we saw in the World Finals in 2019. And especially now that he's even been relegated to center duty, it just feels like they've lost that that amazingness in the bottom lane. I do want to point out in spring that early on, it actually wasn't Khan playing bad that FPX yeah. like was. Sure, yeah. TN wasn't informed too, but we saw their their 2v2 lane struggling. Like they would get 2v2 killed, they'd fall behind in CS and matchups that should be even. He, he'd get caught out constantly when trying to rotate, you know, around the map. So it is quite disappointing that they can't find that consistent form that they had in 2019. I mean, it's sad because LWX and Crisp are the, the longest standing duo in the bottom line. I'm pretty sure in any Premier region, they've been together since 2016, LSPL. I do want to point out, though, with you talking about Quinn and Kale, it is pretty exciting that we have FBX going up against IG <laughs> yeah. with, like, oh, Kale no. and Quinn being yeah. contested champions. <laughs> what do you run into Quinn top, then? What's the, what's the counter move for the shot? I'm super curious now. You know what the Shy plays a lot in solo queue in both mid and top? Syndra. Oh, he actually plays really? it a ton. Yeah. Oh, dude. He, It's his like <laughs> second champion. He, he plays Jace. He counterpicks something. Or if there's nothing else, like, okay, I'm just going to play Syndra. You know, you know his solo queue right now, if you look up, it's all 80 carries apart from that, right? If you go down the list, it's still like the Vayne, the Lucian top, the Callista top still that gets banned against him permanently. AD carries Jace Syndra. Yeah. That's yeah. his solo queue. It's very yeah. simple. It's kind of interesting you talk about that matchup. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch and, and part of the reason why I'm excited for it. Uh, coming back to the Khan point and what the issue of this team is, um, Khan, again, doesn't seem to be the issue, of course, for FTX. I think Khan is the, the only reason that they've picked up wins. I mean, him on Kale is the reason that they've actually been able to come back in a lot of the series. They've not had a strong early game, and Doombie at least has been going towards the likes of this Carmen, looking a little bit more of this utility style still, but it's even so then, it's just... weird, yeah. though, because in spring, Doombie was their best player by far. Yep. It was truly super carry Doombie, and even TN, to where his form has not been the same this year, in in one of their wins in their win against WE, Tien looked really good. So it's very strange how Tien's form is up and down. Their bot lane looks confused. Duinbi's just pretty much on Karma duty, like you said. Karma Galia, which I guess is historically what he yeah, does, but it's very strange to see. Is it is it a case of a world championship squad? coming back from winning the best thing in League of Legends and then not being motivated. Do you remember we had this conversation on broadcast? Yeah, but I don't I don't know. I can't say this for sure, obviously, but there's something about looking at them on cast, like when they're sitting at their like seats waiting for the game, where they're like still so like energetic and excited to where I just wouldn't believe that having come from a team before to where to me, you can see when players are kind of checked out, right? And FPX don't look checked out. And the fact that they brought in Khan tells me they're not. Yep. If they were checked out, it's just like, hey, keep playing with Gimgoon, kind of guaranteed a playoff spot. 
guarantee a world spot maybe and just be happy. But okay. they're actually trying to push their peak, right? Yeah. I look on the opposite side of the coin though for IG. That's the big one for me where I'm kind of mm. like, do you know what? Doomy versus Rookie is the exciting part of this because you can talk about Con versus <laughs> our Con versus the Shy, but the Shy looks horrific right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, do you know what? Is <laughs> like, what is going on with this? Like the Shy. He looked okay today, though. Actually, he looks surprisingly in, fine today. In one game. <laughs> no, so in fact, can, okay, your sorry, sentence two. is he looks surprisingly okay today. Yeah, that's he true. didn't destroy the entire game. Game one, he didn't look good. I but mean, even game three, he kept getting dove over and over again. It's not. Yeah. It's not his fault he was playing kale and then we had full priority top side it's he, like, had a, did he, he had a bounty on him he was zero and three <laughs> yeah and, and they decided hey he deserves a bounty he was farming well but it's like Though, the I'll shy get... hasn't died in five minutes we need <laughs> to a give a bit of incentive here a bounty on him. <laughs> and even game one right is it really his fault when it's kind of his fault because draft but uh enemy has a twisted bait you're a j so you're always gonna push mm. i guess it's your fault in the sense that like you're only gonna pick jace but <laughs> not his fault but in terms of he can't control scout diving him. Sorry, Dagnar, I took this away. I, when you just mentioned the Shy, I'm like, oh, we got to dig in a little bit. You were talking about mid before I uh, really Yeah, because I just don't think the Shy is the exciting part of this. I think Rookie <laughs> yeah. is the exciting part of this. Yeah. Rookie has been incredible for this. His LeBlanc today looked nuts. I just want to yeah. say I will willingly be a biased caster and just say, dude, this guy is so good. He actually... Watching rookie makes me doubt people say Knight's the best mid laner because I I don't I don't think Knight is the best. Right, mid. I'm not watching rookie. I'm just like, I can't. The fact that IG oh, is bad just highlights how good rookie is. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he always comes out of the lane with the lead. Sometimes over a bit over presumptuous. I think is something to say, but who cares, right? I think the part for me is that when Knight played against rookie in playoffs in spring, he was like, "Look, I just decided to go for Syndra because yeah. I wouldn't lose to rookie." When yeah. Knight is like, "I'm not. I'm afraid to lose to rookie, and I'm gonna go." pure basic that just says how dominant this guy is a lot of people are right uh, we're, we're gonna move forward sorry to interrupt us uh, we got to get towards an, an, another matchup first just tell me your expectations and predictions for uh, fpx ig because it is on a non-english broadcast I just, wanna, just quick and easy tell ig 2-0 i'm on the fpx side i think really? the con's gonna win yeah okay well i'm not adding my two cents even though i think <laughs> three games <laughs> I, I like flipping the coin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean that's ig for you right the, now the only coin flip team with rogue warrior is kind of being just a permanent tails we'll go forward our next matchup that you need to watch is going to be rng versus we now rng of course rising to form we were uh, in playoffs as well a team that surprised us over easter in spring and this one's coming up on tuesday the 30th of june so this will be an english broadcast day and uh i'm kind of excited to see these two guys interact I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup because I, I find WE fascinating. Just they're such a unique well team to play. And the super pick oriented style where they're just like, cool, we're going to have Beishang roam in. We're going to make sure that we've got the supportive teacher map from the mid lane. And we're just going to see if we can get picks and if we can fight faster than you guys can. And I think it's, it's really interesting to watch all those pieces come into play. But I don't think they're going to be able to do it against <laughs> RNG is the caveat. I think Xiaohu has been playing exceptionally. I think Xiaolong Bao has been exceptional. Yeah. I think they'll be able to control that mid-jungle duo too heavily for WE to play with. I always think it's just interesting by seeing how teams can control WE if they draft right. We saw it towards the end of last with OMG and EDG where you take out some of the some of the hard engage options. I don't even think it's necessarily about teacher much champion pool. Take out some of the options that can get WE onto you. Yeah. And then they're still gonna try and run these obscure strategies. Like we've seen this split with the set mid and the Galio support instead. Sure. And it's like you just draft this comp that can kite it out yeah. and you just watch WE just kinda like flail around and they still run, run at you run and they're like, like what do we way. do? You're too fast, we can't <laughs> catch you, get over here. And then the enemy team just like no, <laughs> it's been a lot of the criticism for WA that they, you know, their drafts are like so one-dimensional because you know what's coming. But it's also what, like, like Rob said, why they're so exciting to watch because yeah. you know what they're gonna do, they know what they're gonna do, the enemy knows what they're gonna do, and it's like, can you stop but, it? Who yeah, knows? that's right. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? While they can draft these same compositions in many different ways, it's still like, how do you deal with it? Because WA have been successful before, and most likely they'll be successful again. Do you remember on cast last split where I'd always be with you, and I was like, dude, this W draft is terrible. I hate this. Yeah. And then it would go and win, and I'm just. Yeah. Like, do I not know this game? I would ask <laughs> everyone I know, like, hey, who's comp wins? Who's comp wins? And they'd all be like, no, you're right. Like, this looks really weird. But WE just find the way to execute. And my favorite, my favorite one is the Pantheon Echo. Oh, it's yeah. It's so <laughs> fun to watch. And it's such a big pocket, especially when you talk about Beishang. He's the only one actually still playing the Echo Jungle, bar, I, I guess, a couple of few matches. And overseas, we've seen it a couple of 
uh, Echo Jungle as well. But it's fun to see that Beishang, with Dark Harvest every time, will pick up Echo and you're like, ah, he knows his champion like the inside of his hand. And I think uh, a lot of people kind of look towards Beishang, and don't get me wrong, he's been absolutely amazing and look mm. towards Teacher Ma, he's been great. But I think a very underrated person on this team is missing. I don't think he gets enough praise because a lot of the he's time he's moving support. with Beishang to go and support him when he's moving in towards these yeah. jungles and actually buying enough time for this moving whatever the hell you want to call it to get into place. So <laughs> comps like, comps that move with the wind is yes, the best that's thing. The that's, what the, uh, that's what the Chinese side yeah. calls it, yeah. But um, yeah, and I think as well, like keep, keeping Xiaomong safe is a job in and unto itself. So I think Missing does a lot of good work in that bottom lane and even setting up these plays a long time in advance before WE have actually come to the bridge. I do like that you bring up Missing because I probably have him top five in my support tier mm -hmm. list. I think the guy is super good mm -hmm. on more than just the Thresh, but also to move that over to Xiaomong because... In spring, he oh. was like this player that, to me, was below average with flashes of brilliance. Yeah. In playoffs, he was more consistent with, again, still flashes of brilliance. Now I have him, you know, above average, AD carry. I think he's playing really well. In lane, he's doing fine. We still have still, we've seen some hiccups. I remember they got 2v2 killed against EDG's bot lane when yeah. they had the Kalista, but kind of makes yeah. more There's sense. There's also one on the Athelios where he walks in and everyone just jumps over the wall from River and kills him. I was like, okay. <laughs> He's this guy that just has like these like huge standout moments where you're like, oh my God, this guy's so promising, but then has those like small like if you knows, you're like, oh, Joe Mung, if you I want to believe in you. <laughs> most improved from spring to like summer, I think Joe Mung would make that list along with you, Yan Jiao as well from Top Esports. Like you throw a couple of names. Well, don't know. I'm looking up. I'm not, I'm not sold on you, Yan Jiao. I'm just yeah, going to throw well, that yeah, out there. All right, well, as well. That's obviously You said episode. he was top six. I completely disagree. How is he not top six? I completely disagree, well, but we can talk about this next time. All right, well, this is, this is about an hour of writing down <laughs> tier lists. We're just sitting here with a big, big whiteboard where our listeners listening. Um, Dagda, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say I'm actually like we're going to end up veering off into weird conversations That's I think okay. this like mole and stuff has actually looked really well improved oh, I think there's other champions but still yeah I think there's a couple of people that are slightly well, ahead of because he didn't watch 2019 summer no he didn't see the mole I mean it was it was mole versus the world <laughs> yeah really I know was. it was but, it, but when I look at spring versus now I think it's Fairly sizable yeah. difference. Mole has stopped inting as <laughs> yeah. much as he uh, as much as he did in the spring. I mean, that's a bit of a hard statement. Uh, before we move on here, uh, RNG WE. I know this is going to be a fun matchup, and I know RNG, especially with their recent performance, might be favoured. But starting with the ly lyric, give me predictions for the series. RNG two one. I think WE styles enough <laughs> to get a game. I mean, one one's nice. Yeah, I agree with Lyric. It's the exact same idea. I think RNG will end up beating it out, but at least WE's playstyle will garner one where they're able to get the best yeah. Just here. quickly, let's, let's take a step back because I, I forgot to ask. RNG's drafts, what are your thoughts now? In spring, they were getting a lot of flack with question marks. Now that we still have the same coaching stuff, what do you actually think about RNG? Because we're comparing now to WE's drafts where you just talked about, you know, the dimensions it has, what it brings to the table. What does RNG bring to the table? I think it's kind of similar in spring to where you can have comps with like multiple facets and you're kind of like, huh, this is this kind of a bit all over the place, but I'd say it's a lot more streamlined than it was in spring. You, yeah. you typically see new on champions like the Wukong that do fit his style. You'll see Shaolin Bao and Shahu on something that can, you know, get priority and affect the map. And then bot lane champions are all the same to me this meta. Oh, they really are. I think this matchup in the past wouldn't have been as hyped up as it, as it had been. Do you remember WE in spring? We're like, ah, this could be like a 14th place team, 13th place. It's nice now that we actually get like a competitive matchup because of what we've seen in spring and because of what we've seen recently as well. I still kind of want to see Shanks though. I know we've got Teacher Mob, but I kind of He's got a really different champion pool. Yeah. I, I definitely want to like talk about this one because it's one I feel like a lot of our LPL fans share your sentiment yeah. where they're like, bring in Shanks. I'm so excited for this guy. He was tearing apart the LDL, but from what I hear, it's the fact that his play style has not translated well to yeah. like their scrims and the LPL where, you know, sure, you can try to play like rookie against the LDL mid laners, but when you do that up against the LPL, it's going to be like kind of like Forge, in my opinion, to where you're going to see them struggle, get abused by ganking junglers. Laning's not the same, and it I, could just be a die. I will just say he feels super overhyped for the level of experience he has. Well, and, like, to me, he can be amazing. He could be good. Could I like be. WE's approach. They're taking it slow. They, they don't want him to get thrown in the roster, have no confidence, get crushed. They're going to take it slow. I think it... It's kind of like, I want to experiment with it. I want to see what happens because I saw Shanks in LDL and yeah, he looked great. But at least the VODs that I saw, I was kind of like, look, he looks great because everyone else kind of looks bad. 
So for me, yeah. it's kind of like an experiment of, well, how high is, like, how good is he? So I think it's kind of toss him in for a game somewhere so I can kind of get a feel for where he lies. Throw him like an OMG or a yeah, DMO, exactly. something like that. And I agree. And even going back to his VODs, like talked about in the LDL, he got a lot of jungle attention as well. Yeah. So there are still a lot of, like, I don't think he slots in and just looks, you know, like, like a world beater. And there's two, there's two big problems as well that I'll just bring up. The leap to LDL, LPL, you, you know, briefly mentioned, that is massive. The second one is the new dynamic that WE built out of nowhere with Teachamar. You don't just want to take that away when it's only yeah. been a split. I want to touch on your first point because that's how it should be, but look at our teams. Yeah. East are coming destroy. <laughs> All the people from V5 come in and look amazing. Somehow, yeah. It's just new like, come up, new yeah. comes in and is crushing everyone. Like, I love, Clement said this, I think, in Twitch chat where he's like, <laughs> one year in LDL is like five years in NA. Like, oh my god. <laughs> the hyperbolic time chamber. It's oh insane. Because the depth of talent, you got to remember that LDL, like the way it's been recently, has only been that big split, right? And still, the development there is massive. I want to point out that from when I was scrimming, you know, like when I was coaching the LMS and we'd scrim top LDL teams, we scrimmed a lot of the iterations of Young Miracles all the time. Yeah. They were always the same level as like a, a mid to upper mid-tier LPL team. Always. Oh, really? Every single time. So it's, I think like upper LDL and also random tangent, like CK over in Korea, teams are very undervalued because they're still scrimming a lot of the LPL teams themselves. Yeah. I think that seems to be a thing though in regions because even when you say that, like thinking back towards Europe, it's like LDLC back in Europe was yeah. kind of the same idea. They were considered... Uh, mid-tier LEC team. So I think there always seems to be that one squad within the region that's just down below. In I, the, I just want to say we scrimmed at Worlds and they were better than a lot of the Worlds teams. Oh, like, really? Uh, yeah. LDLC, if any of you watch this, <laughs> you guys were insane. <laughs> yeah, we're throwing out shoutouts yeah. uh, all over. Uh, we are getting towards the end of the show. Uh, we have a couple more minutes uh, and... At this point, like, we're going to talk a little bit about the schedule, but again, just a bit of a reminder, FPX IG coming up on, on Thursday, 25th of June, RNG, WE, as we're talking about there, uh, on Tuesday, the 30th of June as well. We're getting towards the middle of the split, and this is the point where normally I'd be like, oh, you know, we've, we've got surprises, all that kind of stuff, and we have many. We talked about kind of your, your bottom tier surprise. Is there any other team you would throw in as like, oh, man, I was wrong about them, I'm not happy with what I originally thought about them. Or can, I, like... can I go the other way? Can I can I talk about a team I totally nailed? Yeah, go. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, go on. So, <laughs> sorry, watch yeah. me. I'm amazing. I'm, I'm just, I just, a confidence play from lyrics. It's yeah. not a confidence play. <laughs> it really it's is. It's just, we came into summer and like we got Le Yen announced for Vici and like a lot of a lot of the casting team was excited for oh, Vici. No, and we're sitting here thinking, why are we excited for Vici? Like, no, no hate to Vici, but Damn. the <laughs> way the way they play, like Forge's laning phase, the way that they need to dedicate so many resources around mid, their champion pools, mm. it's just not exciting. I expected this team to be middling, and maybe that's why they're disappointing me. They're disappointing me because they turned out to be what I expected, yeah. and I hoped everyone else was right. You hoped you were wrong, so you had more competitive teams in the league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, I see what everyone says. The potential is there for the future. But it's not being realized now, and I could see them going, having another middling split in LPL before we see more out of them in the future. All right, Dagda, yeah. it's, it's time to boost your ego, because otherwise you'll uh, sit uh, next I to was, Lyric and just be put down. I was going to say I was kind of sad about... Um, Who'd you nail? Uh, Who'd I nail? Uh, don't, don't, be, don't be sad. I was going to go <laughs> with sorry, that. Out of context, <laughs> where <laughs> I should be asking that. Look, the team I wanted Tell to talk about everything. anyway was DMO. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like your Agony Ang corner, whatever it is. But DMO, I think I was very... Like, I expected these guys, because I loved the little narrative piece that we had that was like... the the five best friends that came in oh from the God. LDL and you had Chang Hong there and then yeah. Chang Hong left you're like oh well Natural's come in we're still good we're still good to go and then they kind of had glimpses of looking good when Xie came into the roster in spring and then it just imploded <laughs> this yeah. entire team has gone off the deep end uh, Helper has looked really really bad Mitsuki hasn't looked for much better Natural isn't being able to play the Camille oh anymore <laughs> he looks like he's just feeding everywhere oh god yeah. the Aatrox game oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I love the the clip is actually our top Twitch clip of, of the week right yeah. now, and it's literally just natural walking in. You're going, that is the literal embodiment of tilt. <laughs> natural flying on Aatrox. And even Xiao Pong looked tilted. Xiao oh, Pong has been... How could you I be? mean, even when I was, I was watching playing against uh, Victory 5, I was like, okay, cool, Xiao Pong, he's coming in here, he's on the graves. And then I just watch him stand there as he gets kicked into V5. I was yeah. like, are you not going to dash or flash or, you know, hit a button? I was oh, just, God. I don't I do want to say for them, though, Twyla, and I see a lot of people give Twyla flack. 
most consistent member on this team. Mm -hmm. Sure, he might not be a world beater, but he's average, he's consistent. Xiao Peng, to me, also has good flashes to what we've seen in the past, to where say, yeah. top and bot lane are just, they're just gone, oh, which boy. sucks to say about natural, but he's just not performing Dude, the way we did. We DMO hoped. has become the V5 of 2020 summer. I don't agree. Why not? Just quickly. Because we, we've we seen... Because no like, one can replace V5 in his heart. I mean, okay, is there <laughs> okay. I want to say that's true, but at the same time, we've seen flashes of life from them in their series. Like, they have a lot of good moments where they find advantages, and I don't think they will not win a game. They okay. will pick up a game against someone this split. So at the very <laughs> least, they're, 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 I mean, they're V5 in v score for V5 now. V5 did that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they'll pick up two games. And it'll be LNG, it'll be against LNG at the end as well. Well, that's all we have time for here for the last tip for episode two. It's good to get your thoughts, especially on LGD a little bit earlier. Uh, if anyone's missed out on anything, use the rewind button like every other human being out there. Or at least, you know, find us on YouTube and all the social links. If anyone has any questions or get more involved with the community, as we will over the next couple of weeks and every week as we come on out, then uh, send us a message on our Twitter as well at the LPL English. Thank you again. It is bye for now, but not forever. We'll see you next week.